0: Like a hundred million years earlier, we were fungus.
1: We were fungus. No, I'm gonna say like, are we awakened from mushrooms, or are mushrooms awakened from us? I think mushrooms are more awakened than us. We.
2: (laughs) Or is any of this even real, and we're just like part of the mushroom consciousness, all being like.
3: hello and welcome to the Outpost, a podcast about inspired thinking. I'm Lacey and today we've got Krista, we've got Jared, hey. we've got Tom. Tom, how are you today? Fantastic.
2: Good. Not at all questioning anything. Lies. Okay.
3: Uh, let's get right into community questions to start. So Krista, you have one to start us off with? I do.
1: My, my phone is She don't. It died? Well, Slack, it looks Slack is just...
3: There it is. look,
0: look, look,
1: that please (laughs) 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 hannah asks how different is orange nebula behind the scenes or off camera than what we see on camera in the outpost kickstarter live streams and wormhole events
2: we're terrible off camera well everyone hates each other and it's just a giant war zone the lights are never on
3: (laughs) (laughs) is that true super dark all the time it stays so dark chris
2: and i like the lights
0: off yeah
1: like the quiet darkness
0: um I mean, there's not as much, like, joking and riffing on each other. There certainly is some, but oftentimes, if you'd walk in the front door, you'd see everybody just, like, headphones in, just completely Tunnel. in the zone into their...
3: <laughs> I agree. That's what it's like most of the time.
2: Yeah. I think, generally, when it's more lively, I think off-camera is probably a little funnier because everyone's willing to go there yes. in a way that we can't in a mm-hmm. more public forum. Exactly. Um, I think it's interesting that I think there's almost something like truer that comes out when we're on camera because Mm -hmm. off camera you get some venting, you know, like something will happen and someone, I don't don't know who, um, (laughs) you know, might vent about things openly. And, Mm. and, and I think a lot of times what happens is we're, when we're in the safe place of not being on camera, you do just express frustration in the moment. But then when you're on camera, um, like you have to really ask yourself. Like you do more soul searching before you talk. Like mm-hmm. what do I really think about this? Like what's my real heart that I want to express right now? As opposed to that, just like off the cuff. Like this person's making me crazy. You know, it's mm-hmm. like yeah, but are they really? Or are you just slightly annoyed right now? Or but it's already crazy. Is it really their fault? Yeah, that's a great.
3: Both on and off camera, I feel like I'm constantly trying to navigate, uh, limiting the jibber jabber, so we can just move forward to something.
2: Well, sure. Constantly. Sure.
3: Sitting in on meetings, I just am constantly trying to move us forward.
0: Um, Our meetings do meander.
3: There's absolutely, <laughs> and it drives me nuts. And so I'm just constantly trying to push us here the same way I'm just quietly listening while someone answers on the couch here and just waiting to, you know.
0: In your mind, you're just like.
3: Try, yes, <laughs> yes. It's why I openly say on camera how delighted I am when questions get answered in like 20 seconds. What do we need more than that?
2: Would you assess that, it's a weird way of saying that, but do you feel like what people see on camera is accurate? Obviously, it's not the exact same experience as sitting in the office with us when you know we're totally hair down, but do you feel like people are getting a fair picture of who we are when they watch these things?
3: I think for the most part. I mean, when people come and meet us any, anywhere in person, I feel like they're getting the same thing that they're getting here. When we were meeting people at Gen Con this last year, it didn't feel like we were putting on I- any sort of facade. Um, is that the right way to say that?
0: Well, I thought you were going to say we weren't putting on any sort
2: of mask, but we were. Because <laughs> we literally had masks Because COVID.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but no, I feel like it's it's pretty in line.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to agree. I, You know, I, I, I think... Yeah, I could re all the same stuff again, but I won't.
3: Okay. Well, shall we move on to the second question then?
2: Yes. Whoa. Speedrun.
1: All right, let's go ahead and move on to our next question. Okay. So Florian asks, what are some things that make designing games more complicated or p- problematic than designing other things, like books, shows, and so forth?
2: What do you think, Jared?
0: I can go to Steam and give them my money digitally, and then in 20 minutes be playing the game that somebody made and designed. That process in the board game world requires dozens and dozens of real life people putting things together, putting them in boxes, putting them in ships, driving the ships, putting them in trucks, driving the trucks. That's the biggest thing for me right off
2: the bat. There's way more trucks involved. (laughs) No, I think that's a very, very, very phenomenal point. like, so I would say, like, board games in general versus those other things. Um, I mean, I guess just to jump on that first, like, logistically, they're a big product, especially in the entertainment world, books, movies, games, like, those are, or you know, video games. Those are big productions, but as far as actually getting it to the audience, it's a small thing. You, normally, it's Little bits in the or a physical book that's fairly small, like a board game, as far as entertainment goes, is a huge physical thing that you have to get across the globe. Like, I can't think of any entertainment products that are as physically big as a board game and that are susceptible to the weird things that can happen in the logistics world, like a board game. Um, So, you have this big physical product that you have to move around. And then, like, and all the liabilities associated there... Right, it could get hurt at any point during that process. Yeah. Being sold into a very niche, small market. So it's like, all of that adds up to being this big risk space. Mm -hmm. But then I would say that board games in general, just by their very nature, have... They have so many variables involved, like for on one hand, just actually designing a game and how all the pieces work together and, and, and have to speak to each other and all the different variables that can go off based on how people choose to do things when they're playing. You know, when you watch a movie, like once you've as the creator made the movie, like, you know all the pieces are going to go off in the right order and it's going to work like you've done the work of defending it from itself like it's it can't go wrong it's been made same with the book the chapters aren't going to rearrange themselves because someone reads it in the wrong order or something like with the game there's very much the constant threat of like someone did this weird thing that no one in playtesting tried and that ruined it ruined the experience it not for them. work And so all the weird little variables in the product itself have to be designed against. But then also there's the, and we talked about this, well, I guess by the time people see this, we talked about this on our Unsettled live stream, which will have been like a year ago. (laughs) Um, But we talked about the sort of the level of trust and the meeting halfway that has to happen between the audience and the the creator. Were you going to hit on that? That's the
3: biggest thing that I've been thinking about with this question is the human element. You know, it is this interaction with the game. And so you have to play test with so many people and different kinds of people and think about different kinds of players and how they're going to come to the game, what they're going to bring to it. You you don't have that nearly as much in these other mediums that are just presented to you because here you've got somebody actually interacting with the medium and that human element, that variable creates so much more complexity.
2: Totally. Like, with narrative, we talked about this on the on the other show, you know, if we've written a blurb of narrative that's supposed to be funny or supposed to be, like, emotional, that's only going to come across if the person reading it out loud buys in enough to deliver it in that light. And mm-hmm. to, like, it, the, the responsibility is now on someone in that play group to deliver it a certain way as opposed to an actor on a screen. Um, and just... People can mess up rules. And part of that is on us to make the rule set make sense and to have explained it well. But, like, you don't run into a situation with a movie where someone's like trashing on some new film because there's the, like, because they left it on mute the whole time you know and so this movie sucked we had a terrible experience (laughs) it's like well you screwed it up like that you know that doesn't happen with movies in the way that it can with games where it's just like you totally misinterpret the rules and play it wrong and then you have a bad experience and it's the game's fault i just
3: keep thinking about how important and how many people ask for like you know the faqs section and like where's the updated rules and can you imagine like if you went to a movie and then you're like i want to check out the faq page on there you know i've got i've got questions about this move and if they they don't have to build these big sections of of question and answers because nobody it's not a thing you just it's showed to you the end
2: because the audience is not as much of a variable a that, that messes with mm-hmm. the thing yes. yeah so yeah i it, it's questions like this are hard for me to just answer straightforward like i want to spin it into sort of a positive place yes um which i'm going to fight doing Kay. i think we can all assume how i might do that okay um <laughs> But there are a lot of complications with making a board game that don't exist in other spaces, definitely. That's a really good question.
3: Krista, how do you feel about it? Do you have any thoughts about how um, this medium of board games is a lot different, um, easier, more rewarding, more complicated than some other mediums?
1: Well, I tend to think about it from an art perspective. As an illustrator, when you're or as an artist, when you're creating pictures, you have it work within its own composition, and having it work within the larger whole of a board game adds interesting new variables and challenges. For example, if you're trying to create a picture that has a good composition, you'll do it one way when it's just working with itself, but then when it's working with all of these other design elements, the part of, of the card. card. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like it's serving this greater whole. And so sometimes that makes it more challenging, but it also is like very interesting challenges to work through. Mm-hmm. You have any thoughts, Jared, anymore?
0: Um, I mean, just jumping off of that, the constraints of... of, of Card size and just the physical components of the game are a huge thing. I mean, any any video game that you play, if you if the designer wants to create this magical item that has these you know several tiered effects that work differently in different situations, you know, you can just have that text box scroll and you can just read all of it. Um, but every power or you know ability or action or anything that is designed has to act f- for board games has to actually fit on the table in the space and like not be a, a table hog relative to every other aspect of the game and so that's like a really constraining part that's a great point
3: yeah the b- and s- the brevity and like consistency explaining things regardless of their complexity
0: yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah the spirit of the question was what makes it harder and frustrating right that was the with the was, was it the spirit was, of the? Well, question? I mean, what wasn't the question like? What what is complicated and problematic?
3: More complicated or problematic? Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Well, then I'm shutting up. Because <laughs> then you because you really want to spin. I mean, so there are a lot of things about is. the complexity of a board game and the, the like the nature of it, where that complexity is a positive and wonderful thing, and you mm-hmm. get you get to take advantage of the fact that someone that you know is reading this thing out loud and that you're figuring out things in this space together and that complexity is part of the magic of a game. It's not just problematic, but I'll leave it alone. Okay. Okay.
3: Thank you for leaving it alone. Let's move on. Okay. So main topic for today is the question, is creativity contagious? Okay. So what do we think about that? Creativity, if one person is doing it, how does it impact the people around them? If a group of people is doing it, how does it impact people at a, at a greater scale, maybe? Um, is it contagious? Can you catch it? Can you catch creativity?
2: Is there a cream for that?
3: Is there a cream for creativity? Coming soon
2: from orangenebula.com. Creativity cream. <laughs> now I want to know, like, does creativity cream... Stop the spread of creativity. Like, does it help with the inflammation of creativity, <laughs> or does it inspire Or does it, it? yeah? Do you,
3: is it like you know um, hormone therapy, where you can take the gel and you can put it on the yeah, outside? So there's and many it, different, yeah, many mm-hmm. different cream
2: routes we could take here.
3: Yeah. So, can it be caught? I think I think there's lots of answers to this. So I'm excited to kind of um, filter through our thoughts here. My first most simplistic answer is I think yes. I think creativity is contagious i think when you see the passion that someone has it can ignite that passion in someone else as well Um, but i don't think it it does it all the time you almost have to be predisposed to it right you have to kind of have a um a predisposition to want to be creative i think for it to actually be catchable
2: predisposed to the predisposition
3: (laughs) do you agree or disagree with me
2: I I don't disagree with that at all. I I do think I mean, I think you could be someone really creative in a room with someone who just has no interest in that, and they wouldn't become creative. I th- I think that you do need to have some sort of spark in you that can be fanned to life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious what everyone else what everyone else thinks about this before I.
0: When I was a kid, I definitely thought that there were creators and people who consumed. Yeah. But like, but it wasn't to that, to that extreme, it, I didn't, the other half of the coin wasn't aware to me. I just knew that there were people who liked making stuff and that that was like their passion and drive and that they like filled their free time with just like creating new things. And I like saw that as this like, it's like class of person that I wanted to become.
3: Okay. So you saw it, not that it could be done by anybody or not that it was. But it was like, oh, certain anybody. people
0: make the stuff that everybody enjoys.
3: And you caught that disease. I think <laughs> <laughs> it was transferred to you from them. so so it was contagious in that moment, seeing and and imagining these people who were creators and but it wanting takes wanting but it takes like a that. different
0: person or at least for me in my experience it takes a different person to inspire you into each type of creativity so mm. for instance i had people inspiring me into into writing and and game design much earlier than i i was being inspired into into musical creation um you know i was in the i was ha- halfway through my my musical education just in the in the frame of like being a performer when i was spending a lot of time with just who has had you know um, very little like structured and formalized musical musical education, but he was still uh, uniquely and creatively um, creating new music, and that like really that really inspired me and opened that that whole like frame of engagement with that medium up to me even though I had been creating in other aspects of my life Mm -hmm. it like took him to show me that oh anybody also could just make music
3: okay so it's not even just like creativity as a whole is contagious but there's these little niches uh, variants if you will uh, creativity variants that can be caught in different ways and and you have to have you have to be able to be exposed to specific types in order to catch that
2: they're like strains, one might say. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. One might. We're going to make this as weird as we can.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Which I, uh, I appreciate. Mm-hmm.
1: The way I see it, I feel like we all have this inherent creative force within us. And I guess the contagion part for me comes in the inspiration to be able to open up to that and unlock that. Like, it's already within you. But then when you see somebody who is actively doing that thing, it can take away the fear and the blocks, and you realize, I I can do that too. And then once that is gone, it's like a wellspring because we already have this force just just kind of waiting there. Almost
3: like a gene that just has to be activated. Yeah. Like, it's dormant, and then the exposure activates it. Yeah. I keep also thinking about the different ways that viruses are transferable from people. Like, you know, there's, there's, um, by, by blood, there's by respiratory droplets, (laughs) you know, I, I breathe out, you breathe in. Um, there's lots of different ways that things are transferable. How's creativity transferable? Do you just have to see it? Do you, do you have to, you know, what, what makes it actually activate within you? Is it just viewing it? Is it something different?
1: could definitely tell the time period we are living in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, for me, I guess, yeah, it's that, well, I guess it's more when you are physically in the presence because f- a lot of times we see a lot of the, the end product, like the performance or the artwork in a gallery or the endless array of incredible, brilliant work that's viewable online, but physically being in the presence of somebody and just seeing them as a person who is also creating these amazing outputs, I think that kind of brings the, trying to gesture, but also talking to the mic, um. <laughs> brings those two fields together between creator and creation.
3: Interesting. So the almost like the more exposure and the depth of exposure that you get the more transferable it is,
1: yeah, and and exposure to it as a as a person rather than just as a pro, as an end product,
3: because mm-hmm. even you, Jared, we're talking about. I mean, how many YouTube videos have you watched about music? But it was the fact of being around Justin, who was doing the activity, that actually gave you the the kind of roadmap to follow that actually made it feel possible to do those kind of things. Yeah,
0: yeah, one path in for sure is having a having a mentor, having a, a master to to work under who can. Uh, be your your tutor in the intricacies of whatever this is and then the other the other way that it can happen is is long distance just through the the piece of art itself an individual completed project upon your experiencing of it could un- can unlock within you the realization that there are new tiers and levels to thinking and cognition and new ways that that uh, things can be explored mm-hmm. you know for example i um, read a book recently called All Tomorrows by C. M. Kozman, and it explores the next billion years of humanity's rise and fall through evolution, genetic engineering, going throughout the, all the stars and the planets. And it just takes uh, it takes a look at human history in a in a way that um, is is speculative in the future, unlike anything that I had ever experienced before. And then I was just the last week listening to a podcast with the author, and he was talking about how he was inspired by a book called After Man which is a speculative uh, look into the future of what all the animals are going to evolve into if humans went extinct. You know, these these uh, these uh, goats with their horns are going to coalesce into these, like, shields on top of their head and just, like, going across the entire planet and imagining, I want one you know, of those. What, does, what do all of Shield these goat. animals yes. look like? And that just seeing somebody else's creative exploration can show you that there are new waters to explore for yourself. hmm yeah, I and wrote so that inspired th- a book of mine.
2: I wrote down sort of two ways that I think creativity is contagious. I, th- I wrote that I think, and there's a little nuance difference to them that I think we're kind of getting at. Um, I wrote that creative thinking enables other creative thinking,
3: which is kind of what Jared was just explaining. Yeah, so
2: that's sort of like if. If creativity is like the synapses in your brain at work, like I see this thing or I'm thinking about a problem and all these other experiences and associations start firing off and it starts putting things together and trying things in different ways to come up with something new. Like if that's what I'm doing and I'm doing that in a room with a bunch of other people and they see me doing that, then my doing that triggers something in you which then adds to the brain now we've got two brains there's one brain and then it triggers something in you and so like we're all in this creative space and now we're all basically one brain with extra synapses all pinging off of each other and that's something that we find a lot in the office here is someone will have an idea which then triggers a thought in someone else that they never would have had without this initial idea springboarding onto them which then springboards over here so like the actual like energy of creativity itself like the mechanism of creativity is creating other creativity that otherwise wouldn't have existed except in that exact context so like the creativity does make creativity in like an actual like measurable way
3: what's interesting about that too i think is what why that happens so much in this environment specifically this office if you will this group is that there is actually a pathway to see things to fruition Which which means the environment is more set for the creativity to be contagious. Does that make sense? That does. If we were a group of of, well, I don't know what profession most. I think everybody is creative and whatever profession you're in, it is a level of creativity. But I mean, if if we were not in a space where we knew how to take an idea from ideation through um, delivery, then I don't think that it would be as contagious because what's the point of going through all of these ideas and coming up with all these concepts if it just dies we have a, a space where it's it the contagion mm-hmm. is live and healthy because we can actually move projects forward
2: i i would say that the the real benefit in the office is just that there's more it bounces around more so yes. like the contagious hap- mm-hmm. contagion happens more like in a more concentrated it like more nth degrees Mm -hmm. um but i do think the same contagion happens can happen to like one individual Mm -hmm. you know so if you read a book and all of a sudden you have an idea for a book it's kind of the same thing like this thing that you just read triggered something in you that made you have an idea Mm -hmm. that's you know many people who play games suddenly have an idea of their own game that is jumping off of something that they played here and the thing in their brain says but this could be slightly different and then that would be neat and that'd be cool. And that'd be the, and like, and then you run off on your own little. And so I think the same thing can happen in sort of a like transference long distance way with just one person. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't have the internal springing thing that we have. And then, you know, and that's what ends up being really needed with a lot of like online spaces is people can, can manufacture that in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. The, we, we have the like logistics to bring it home that make it easier to to like it makes us go want to with catch it. it. Yeah.
3: You know what I mean? Like it makes me want to catch the the virus, mm-hmm. the creative virus, because it feels like it's possible. Um, it makes it go further, I think. Mm-hmm. Grow more roots in our Yeah,
2: I, I I buy into that. So that so that was that's my first thought of how okay. creativity is contagious is What's that it, is that it, you know, enables creativity. Yes. The the other one is just that the like the act of being creative inspires other people to want to pursue the act of being creative. So it's not necessarily like I read that book and it made me think of a different a book and so now idea. I'm it's just like look that person is being creative and bringing something out of themselves and for whatever like psychological emotional reason that I personally have and it'll be different for many people and even for ourselves in our own lives like Maybe it's envy. Maybe it's just inspiring you. Maybe you're jealous. Maybe like there could be any litany of reasons seeing someone be creative makes you want to be creative. But in a lot of ways, it's not even necessarily like their idea gave you an idea. It's just the fact that they had an idea makes you think I want an idea too. Or like you're saying, realize the potential exists to have an idea, you know? And, And then they think this can happen large scale. Like that country is solving their energy problem other countries now think maybe we should solve our energy problem yeah. or whatever. like companies do this all the time. Look at them innovating. why aren't we innovating? And it doesn't the, their innovation doesn't directly trigger the whatever it is this group is going to do, but the idea of the that is an option is sort of a different type of contagion. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think that's really important too, because then it's not even dependent on the outcome. Whatever stage that you are inhabiting currently, whether you're a beginner, you're a student, you're a professional, all of those have the potential to spark that interest and passion in other people who are maybe at that stage or not quite there yet.
2: And this is where the sickness thing breaks down. Because I can't say, Jared is sick, I could be sick too and then mm-hmm. just become We're all sick, sick. yes yeah. <laughs> so the metaphor is flawed
3: I do think you talked about envy for a minute and envy is an interesting one because I find for myself when I feel envy it actually almost shuts down my creativity like sometimes I'll end up I follow people on social media and and there's somebody who maybe is doing something that's like what I want to be doing mm-hmm. And if I start feeling envious, like, how come they're there and I'm not there? I want to be there. Why am I not there? It actually toggles off my creativity switch and makes me not want to try as much. And I'll usually pretty quickly unfollow somebody that way because I can sense that in myself, that that envy turns off my desire to do my best because I'm comparative at that point. Um, So... So that's a, a a little bit of a different variation because they're being creative and they're being creative in a way that I want to be, but because I'm viewing them in that way, it's doing the opposite. It's not inspiring me.
0: I mean, if you go on YouTube and look up any like virtuosic uh, musician, the comments underneath are people being like, well, I just threw away my guitar <laughs> or mm-hmm. uh, man, I wish I could on, on the piano, you know, mm-hmm. like, and that there are You know, I think that is a very common human response that if if the the exceptional like creativity that you're observing isn't like immediately feasible to your mind, that there is this impulse, this itch to just give up. Yeah, it's a
1: depression as opposed to an activation sometimes. I feel like that that envy feeling, though, can also be like a sign that, okay, this is something that I care about. Like it can be an indicator. For example, there's so many people who are very successful in their fields or have, you know, whatever sort of external outcomes, like they're succeeding at whatever they're doing. And you probably feel no envy about that because you would not want that to be in that position for mm-hmm. anything. And you don't care about what they're doing. It just genuinely doesn't interest you. But when you feel that little, oh, I would want that, that mm-hmm. then like I feel like that can be a sign that that is what matters to you and then kind of taking that out of a realm of you know oh that person has it I want that but just realizing oh I want that and Mm -hmm. then doing that and then I feel like that kind of leads into it's like the external I guess that's a kind of contagion you're seeing it externally and then it's arising in you.
3: I wonder if if part of that when we talk about the idea of being exposed to some person, a real person who you can actually see do the process, you know, when I start to feel that desire of envy, it's usually because I can't see the path, you know, mm-hmm, I yeah. see that they have what I want, but I don't know the path and that lack of understanding, uh, that lack of clarity, feels like a depression as opposed to an activation and so if I had somebody that I knew that was that successful that had what I wanted from a creative standpoint and I could actually watch and be mentored by them then it might end up being much more of a of a contagion to me um well you know,
2: that I think sense? I think it does and I think a lot of this is really subjective to where we're all at in our lives and at different times and a different mindsets and in different contexts you know i think you know the flip side of that is sometimes you know just if we're still on this like envy or jealousy thing like sometimes i think that can encourage people to dive into something like look this person has used their creativity and now they're getting to do this thing that they want to do i'm capable of doing that and i want to do that thing like but there has and to then be that go belief out and do of it. your
3: own capability well sure that's the but that but crux. that's what i'm
2: yeah mm-hmm. but there, there's going to be as many different versions of that as there are people, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, like all everyone's response to that is going to be a very specific to them thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I think seeing someone else be creative can, <clears throat> can completely inspire you to go and be creative. Like we we have had many people write to us that say, "Hey, I listened to the Outpost, and I." was inspired to make this thing now because I see you people making things and they see that we're just a bunch of jokers <laughs> and yet here we are making a thing and then they realize I also can make a thing and I feel like frustrated with myself and with my life that I haven't done this yet so they have this sort of like tumultuous emotional reaction to seeing someone else be creative but then it something tri- you know trips in them to where they become Willing to embrace it and to give themselves permission and to step forward and some you know so sometimes something like like envy or jealousy can shut a person down. Other times it can be the catalyst that makes them realize like this isn't I don't want to just exist in a state of jealousy. I want to actually do the thing. Mm -hmm. And you know so I think that's going to be really like unique to each person.
1: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I think also if like if you break it down to its essential components, the thing that you are wanting, and removing it from that external outcome like you are just doing it for these pieces that inspire you and that fill you with life then it is immediately attainable like the, the end outcome mm. of oh this person has written this book or it, it's somehow if, made to you define success as the doing of the thing as yeah. opposed
3: to the result of doing the thing
1: exactly mm-hmm. then it is immediately attainable
2: yeah if the question is is creativity contagious you know, there's the whole brain a- brain synapse part. But then in this context, I think what it does that makes it contagious is it takes the idea of creativity and puts it on you to consider. And everyone's going to think, you know, some people will shut it down. Other people will ignore it because they don't have that predisposition. But anyone who has something in them that wants to be creative, even if they weren't aware of it yet, who, like, just everyone then gets to grapple in their own way with the question of, hey, look, creativity, it's a thing. Like, seeing other people be creative puts, hey, this is a thing in your view Mm -hmm. for you to approach in your own way, whatever that is, wherever you're at in your life. But I think it is creative just by putting it in front of people. Or it is contagious.
3: Mm -hmm. I agree. But I think it, it taking hold, that contagion, that virus taking hold of you, I just can't stop thinking about you talking about your belief in your own capability. You know, I think that is the, what moves the virus forward. Well, and hopefully
2: seeing other people be creative.
3: Inspires that belief. Does
2: do not what you were describing, where it, it shuts you down, but it makes you feel like, you know what, I can do this. Like, you know, that kid on YouTube is doing it. Like, I can do it. Why am I not trusting myself to be able mm-hmm. to do this? Um, and that's why I think it's really... A positive thing for us to share and be open us being people to share and be open about our creativity and the way that we think about it and the fact that we're doing it and the struggles with it and the successes in it and like how it enriches and challenges our lives because then anyone who wants that even unconsciously to be part of their human experience it shows you that other people are having that be part of their experience too it's not some distant thing like you saw as a child before you grew up that like those are the people set apart Mm -hmm. you know it it can be a part of everyone's experience and i think it's sort of there's like a leveling of the playing field when we're all just open about it Mm -hmm. and talk about creativity like it's this thing that just exists as part of life and not just something creative types do
3: i agree Mm -hmm. well good job doing your part to spread uh,
0: the creative
2: virus the creative virus <laughs> today <yeah>, s- <laughs> smear you the all. cream
3: <laughs> 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 uh, creativity cream uh, Kickstarter launching 2023
2: that would probably do okay actually I <laughs>
3: could be our <laughs> April Fool's <laughs> I just want a good April Fool's joke all the time
2: Okay, well, thank
3: you three very much for your time today. I always appreciate getting to spend some time with you here. I made it through three quarters of my Cliff Bar, and so I call it a success.
2: That's a, that's a good day.
3: Uh-huh, it really is. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to hear more from us, um, maybe you've got some better ideas about what sh- we should be talking about. Orangenebula.com slash topics. You can head over there and tell us whatever you want. Um,
2: that's where most of the community questions come from. Yes. Throw, throw them in there.
3: Um, we'll see a. Ya- in the Outpost community as well. Um, subscribe, leave us a review if you liked it. If you don't, you know what to do. Leave us alone. Um, and that's all I got. Anybody got anything else before I send us home?
2: No. I mean, the the Outpost community is a Facebook group. We also have a Discord channel that you can reach through orangenebula.com where we hang out and, you know, do Discord things. It's pretty laid back in there. Okay.
3: Thank you. Thank you all so much. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Bye. 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 <laughs> preemptive that was pretty good actually that that sounded like it we did we We said things